Hello and welcome to the Brady Bros Boston Sports Podcast, where we cover everything in the Boston sports world. My name is James Brady, and alongside me is my brother Nicholas. Say hello. Hello, everybody. We're doing it a bit different this time. Give me that intro. Welcome back, everybody. Today is Tuesday, January 7th, and we are on episode 40. James, care to explain why we're doing episode 40 again? We're doing episode 40 again because we recorded episode 40 in studio. Together. Meaning my bedroom. And it turns out that by just like minimizing the tab I was using on my computer, it stopped the recording. So we have... 12 minutes of the hour that we talked for episode 40. In those 12 minutes, probably like five of them of the actual podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So just in the longest running streak of me not being able to record this show properly, for some reason, not we haven't done anything differently, but for some reason, I can't record the show anymore uh, as a competent human being. But we're back. Hopefully this recording works. Yeah, and don't, I think if anyone's listening, be like, man, James really screws up a lot. Uh, to all those people listening, yeah, he's the only one who actually does anything. I don't have the chance to screw up unless we're actually talking. And in that case, James just cuts it because he does the edits. Yeah. But that's all going to change now because I've got time. Doesn't matter. Let's get in the Red Sox. We're starting off with a hot one because this came out a couple hours ago. Yeah, so in just classic, I don't even want to know, I don't, I don't even know if to say Red Sox, Boston sports, New England. I'd say Boston sports. Fashion. Uh, today, the Red Sox got accused of stealing signs. And not just like during the season, this was during the playoff run in 2018 when they won it. Well, actually, if you read the article, it's... Which I didn't because I just yeah. didn't want any more negativity in my life. So to break it down a little bit more instead of just joking about it. So the Red Sox were accused of stealing signs through the regular season. But basically the people that came out and said that, hey, the Red Sox like, were part of the Red Sox organization and said, hey, the Red Sox stole signs uh, had no reason to believe apparently that they stole signs through the playoffs. So we can at least hold that with some integrity that, like, we made it through the 2018 playoffs on pure skill. But, yeah, they were accused of stealing signs all of 2018. Unlike the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there goes a home run. He's getting the heater right down the plate. <laughs> He's getting a change up. But, no. Uh, so all, all jokes aside, I didn't, I didn't actually read the article, mostly because I didn't want to. I, uh, I know that sounds now. bad. Uh but this was this was previous staff members who came out who like aren't on the staff anymore and came out and said this. Yes, and it, basically Great. there's this big conspiracy that I'm not sure how much of this is confirmed that Alex Cora was one of the masterminds of the 2017 sign stealing ordeal. If you remember, he was a, a bench coach for the Astros in the 2017 season, and he apparently brought his cheating ways to Boston and did the same exact thing. We'll have to wait a probably. I mean, they'll probably respond to this pretty quickly. I'd 
be surprised if we didn't have a statement from the team in the next day or two. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be all over the, the morning sports reports tomorrow. Regardless, we do have some roster changes as we can move on from that. Sam Travis has been designated for assignment by the Red Sox. Uh, we kind of broke this down last time we recorded it. We'll go through it quickly again because we both had to look up what it was. Basically, he's placed on waivers, and if he's not claimed in seven or ten days or something, he is in a, he's a free agent. So Sam Travis will not be rejoining the Red Sox unless for some reason he becomes a free agent and we re-sign him. Uh, a little disappointing. He was one of the brighter-looking prospects, but this is all in, uh, in way to make some roster space for uh, a backup catcher, Kevin Plawecki, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, uh, coming from the Cleveland Indians, correct? Yeah, I think so. I just, and put, he his, was, I just put his name in the document. That's it. Before before the Indians, he was <laughs> before the Indians, he was with the Mets for a couple of years, I believe. I don't see him getting a whole bunch of play time as Christian Vasquez really uh, emerged as the, the top catcher for this team. As you can see, uh, just breakout season for him in the batting category and him polling most of the starts in general. And with the Red Sox dealing Sandy Lone earlier in the offseason, it makes sense to sign another catcher. Uh, those are the pretty much the only roster moves we have. Still waiting on some big names around the MLB in general, but as we inch closer, we are two months away from spring training. I don't exactly know when they start, but we're getting there, baseball fans. It's coming back soon. Yeah, and, and real quick, just... Thoughts on Sam Travis. I agree with you. I'm a little disappointed that he is leaving, but it makes sense if you look at it. We have a lot of talent now at first base with, I know I mentioned this last time in the podcast that you guys will never hear. Uh, I don't know if Steve Pierce is coming back. Haven't heard anything on that, whether he's retiring, signing another one-year contract, leaving the Red Sox, whatever. So we have him possibly at first base already. We have Mitch Moreland, who does a majority of the time at first base, but was dealing with some injury this season. And we have everyone's favorite ice horse, Michael Chavis, who I believe is traditionally a first baseman uh, who played yeah, some second that, base. He's playing that second base role with Pedroia out and us getting rid of Kinsler. But, uh, so, I mean, it makes sense opening up the space at, at first base because Sam Travis was primarily a first baseman, uh, making space for Kevin Ploiecki, who obviously is going to do probably some of the catching, but with the year Christian Vasquez has uh, had last year, not surprised that this move is coming and like you said with sandy leone being dealt earlier makes sense to bring in another catcher but i'm not sure how much we'll really see of him this year anyway that pretty much wraps up our red sox news like i said we're getting there with baseball in the meantime we have the boston celtics to entertain us who are currently sitting at 25 and 9 which is good enough for second in the east and i believe third in the nba as i checked yesterday so i'm not sure if that's 100 percent accurate but they're definitely top five in the NBA for sure. In the East, we're sitting behind Milwaukee. And uh, coming off a kind of disappointing loss last night against the Washington Wizards. Almost forgot the name. Almost said Capitals for hockey. But we actually went to see them last Friday. So that was January 3rd, I think. Yes. 3rd or 4th. January 3rd. Uh, play, play the Atlanta Hawks. And again, this is stuff we've already touched on that you'll never hear because it never actually got recorded. And so it was just us in a room talking to each other, basically. Yeah, how unfortunate was that? We actually had to spend <laughs> spend time with each other. <laughs> uh, no, so we got to see a very exciting game. It seems like every time we're there, the Celtics managed to make it closer, come down to, 
you know, basically a last second play as it did this time yet again. Daniel Tice getting a last second block against Trey Young, who James and I learned are is very good. He played phenomenally, just hitting shots you would never think. And I think he started off the he started off the game with no points and like five or six straight assists. It was crazy to see, but uh, also good that the Celtics got the win there. James, your thoughts on the game in the past couple of games, maybe from the Celtics? Oh, it's it's been fun. I've definitely started paying more attention to the Celtics uh, with the the end of the Patriots season. We'll cover that much later. But with that, uh, paying attention to the Celtics and the Bruins being the two teams that are active right now, so a lot of fun. And just every time I uh, get the opportunity to go to Celtics game, it just really makes me realize and kind of rekindles my love for basketball. It's never been my primary sport to watch, but just this Celtics team is so much fun. With the young talent and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, we unfortunately didn't get to see Kemba Walker. I know you were bummed out about that, but also, like you said, Trey Young is so good, and I did not realize that until last Friday. Makes a lot of sense as we segue into the next part of basketball here. Why he is leading the NBA All-Star voting for the East in guards. He's up there at number one. We've got Kemba Walker down at three for the Celtics, and Jalen Brown at number seven. Maybe the I don't want to say the biggest surprise, but one of the biggest surprises of this initial all-star voting is Taco Fall of the Boston Celtics sitting in sixth with 110,000 votes for the front court in the East. So there's a chance we may, I don't know if he can, is he actually allowed to play in the all-star game if he gets voted in? I have no clue what what his contract in terms of like, because he's done time in the G League. I say done time like he's been in prison. Uh, Since he's played (laughs) in the G League in the development leagues, I don't know if that like obstructs your eligibility for playing in the All-Star game. I know there's NHL. We had a conversation about this. There's a big deal about eligibility for the NHL All-Star game due to some things that happened in the past, but I don't know. I could uh, I suppose we could one of us could look it up um for the next show because I'm with you. Taco Fall, I was almost like laughing just out of kind of just joy and and it was funny though that this guy that basically just took the world by storm uh yeah, not even Boston, at, what, UCF like, was that where we went to yep, school yep UCF and, in and March Madness everyone was freaking out about this guy how crazy he was how good he was so funny to see that he's sitting at sixth and like legitimately has a shot to be in the all-star game as a rookie that doesn't play that much in the NBA beating out guys with names like Andre Drummond Drummond geez I butchered that and Gordon Hayward, who is sitting at uh, eighth for front court. Jason Tatum's also up there in the all-star voting, as he should be at fifth, just above Taco Fall. Yeah, we should definitely look that up for next time, and especially as more of these uh, votings come out to see, you know, I don't, they, this list of the top 10, I don't know what they actually take. There's no way they take 10 guards. They might take 10 front court people. I don't know how it actually works. It would be interesting to see as we get closer to that, to that all-star game, you know, where he ends up falling, and if I think it'd be phenomenal to see him in the All-Star game. Oh, I would love it. I think the world would love it. I think that everyone there would really enjoy it. It's, like I said, Taco Mania. It's really, really fun. And I thought that it was just kind of the Celtics fans that obviously us being from Boston supporting the Celtics, you see a lot of stuff in the media, social media, especially like everyone loves Taco Fall. And I thought that was just like a Boston thing. But I I think I'm wrong because of 110,000 votes is what he's got so far. And that was the, the first the first release of like the number of votes. I, I do legitimately think he has a shot to be an all-star, which is incredible. 
Yeah, just to be thorough here in the West, LeBron James and Luka Doncic respectively leading, <laughs> respectively leading the front court and the guards for the all-star voting. James Harden, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook up there for the guards, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns up there for the front court. Enough on that, though. Let's pray for Taco in the All-Star game. Do you have Hold anything on, else quick. for the Celtics, James? Uh, well, not the Celtics, but going back to the All-Star game, I know you said you want to get out of it, but... Oh, okay. Well, no, let's... Not, we'll not to disrespect Steph Curry uh, and his injury, but imagine being voted below someone who's barely played this year. <laughs> uh, Russell Westbrook, D'Angelo Russell, Donovan Mitchell, Alex Caruso, Devin Booker, and John Moran. Alex Caruso's literally in here as a joke. Another surprise. Another surprise one, I think. He's, He's just literally taken, like, just LA like the taco storm. fall of the Western Conference. Like, for no reason, people love this guy. That being said, yeah, it is interesting that Steph is... I mean, he's Steph Curry, obviously, is going to be up there, but he's he's not going to play. Yeah, I don't know if he's so, even, like, scheduled to come back by that point. No, I think late season, maybe even playoffs. I, I kind of forget what his well, injury playoffs, is. they're not making those at this rate. No, they definitely aren't. Uh, that about wraps up these Celtics for us. Before we kick it to the other half of the TD Garden, a quick word from our sponsor. All right, and coming back, we're going to flip it to the other side of the TD Garden in the Boston Bruins, who are sitting at second in the Eastern Conference, first in the Atlantic Division, and one to nothing against the Nashville Predators as we speak. Currently right now. Is it open another tab for you as well? No, because uh, I think my computer might explode, so it's on my phone. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I keep swiping between it, but they're Yep, the Bruins, uh, of late, the struggles have continued, especially in overtime and shootouts. I saw this uh, when I was out to dinner this evening. The, the pregame show was on the TV. They were showing some sort of stat. And I don't know if I have this date absolutely correct, but it's early December. I want to say December 5th. Uh, I know this is correct, though. The Boston Bruins are 4-5-6. and six. So that's four wins, five losses, six OT slash shootout losses, as you can see. The month of December and early January has not been kind to the Bruins. Looking to turn it around tonight versus the National Predators. But again, something we've touched on. If you can struggle for a whole month like this and still sit at second in uh, your division and your conference. Or your sec- first in your division, pardon me. First in the Atlantic Division. Second in the Eastern Conference. And I believe they are either second or third in the, the overall. overall NHL. So, you know... It's coming at a good, I don't want to say a good time, I guess. There's no good time to lose like they've been losing, but I see what you mean. Like, it better now than... The fact that they're still up there. Yeah. And I'm pulling up the standings right now with the page of load. Yeah, they are still, they're currently tied in points with the Blues for third in the NHL. So, I mean, they're only four points behind Washington for the first spot in the NHL. You're looking at, I don't know, the fact that you can struggle this this much and still be so good is... Is incredible to me. Uh, David Pasternak still leads the league in goals, just scoring his 30, what I believe is the 32nd goal earlier tonight. Brad Marshall and him both up there in points. Once they come out of the slump and they catch fire again, it's it's game over, I think, for the rest of the NHL. Yeah, I agree. Which I see what you mean with the whole, like, if you can, struggling at this point is, you know, if you're going to lose, now's the time to do it. It's, it's better Have than struggling streak. at the end of the year where other teams are going to start to catch fire because they need that playoff spot or they need that next seed or whatever. I think it's better here, like in the middle of the season, as opposed to the beginning or the end of the season. Yeah, I think this way you kind of ride into the playoffs, hopefully with some confidence, 
you know, you get this audio system, you leave these kind of darker, like struggle, uh, struggle weeks behind you. And I think I mentioned this before. And, and at this point we've screwed up so many, or I've screwed up so many podcasts. I don't remember if what I've said has been recorded or not, but I believe I said something along the lines of this is the time to be like losing games in a row because when it hits the playoffs, you can't do that. You just can't do that anymore. So get the losing out now. The OT losses are something the team definitely needs to work on. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know basically the first thing about hockey and actually the the really core aspects of the game other than watching it. So, but if you have 11 OT losses, which is leading the league and the next closest team is Columbus with eight and... I think that's still correct as of a couple of days ago. I think so because they didn't go to OT but uh, last game. If you're playing the best teams in the league in the playoffs, you're going to have overtime games. And if you can't win them, overtime and overtime forcing overtime means nothing in the playoffs. Yeah, you don't get that extra point in the playoffs. You still lose that game. And that's what matters uh, when it at the end of the day, I guess. But, you know, we're 0-6 in shootouts. They still yet to win a shootout the... Second worst team in shootouts is 0-2 with the, uh, who are they here? Columbus Blue Jackets. So the other teams who haven't won shootouts this year are teams like the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators, the Los Angeles Kings, teams that are Are literally the bottom of the league. So something definitely needs to change here. Like you said, we kind of don't know what it is. It seems like after 60 minutes, they're kind of gassed type of thing. Like yeah, they don't I, have I don't know that what... extra, even though, even though overtime is only five more minutes, it seems like that. And then, I mean, maybe we're just not great at one-on-one scoring with the shootout. I don't know. We can't speak to that as we don't know the dynamics of, ho- of hockey as well as we know other sports, but something I'm sure that they are, are talking about within the organization. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's something to do with, you know, the whole three on three format or what it is, if they're not comfortable playing like that, but it's something that you need to figure out one way or another. I think that pretty much wraps up the Bruins. Not a whole lot to talk about there uh, as they continue the struggles. We will unfortunately get into the New England Patriots. This is going to be a pretty somber part of the podcast, I think. Uh, I don't know what you really want to talk about here, James. We have we've have three games to cover or since we've last put out an episode. But, I mean... Let's let's address the elephant in the room. They are no longer in the playoffs. And I'm just going to let you you take it from there. We can back up a little bit if you want to. All right. So just for the sake of being thorough, I'll probably take like two minutes here and go over the Bills game, then the Dolphins game, which were week 16 and 17. And then we can talk for maybe a couple of minutes about the Titans game if you want to, because honestly, I don't want to talk about it that much. And then I think we bump it to... Like a full Next playoff week. picture, yeah. Or we we can maybe talk about it more in depth. It's still it's still pretty fresh in the fresh in the head. It hurts. Uh, anyways, but going back to the Bills game, <laughs> the Patriots won twenty four to seventeen. The Bills game week sixteen, and it's unfortunate because I thought this was honestly the best game the Patriots had played all season. I thought this is the spark. This is them getting you know getting real for the playoffs. Buffalo, a playoff team, at that point, uh, we talked about playing that late for the AFC East. Not typically a thing the Patriots do, but there were moments where I really did feel like I saw an older New England Patriots team that I felt a lot more confident about at that point. Uh, there was a couple times where just Brady got the ball, offense, marched down the field, put up six points, which has been a really big issue for this, or was a big issue for this team this year, was being able to score touchdowns, getting into the red zone. Not great com- uh, conversion 
percentage, I believe, is what it's referred to, scoring in the uh, red zone. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, Dolphins game, Patriots lose 27-24. Patriots lost to one of the worst teams in the league. It sucked. We were there. The being there was fun. Nashville just scored a goal. And live updates from the Brady Bros. Boston <laughs> live updates that don't matter. But anyways, we were there. Being there, the atmosphere was really great. Losing sucked. And super cool stadium. Yeah, super cool experience. The game, the the end result. I shouldn't say the game. The end result sucked. But let's put it. Let's put it. I like to put it this way: terrible game for the Pats. Good football game to watch because it was back and forth. Yeah, if that was like the Kansas City Chiefs, I wouldn't have been mad because that's a great football team that you're losing to, but we lost to the Miami Dolphins. Anyways, so that definitely hurt. Patriots lost on a bye week, so instead of watching them this weekend, we got to watch them lose last weekend. So that was really unfortunate. Um, This can kind of bring up a bigger discussion if you want to talk about the Titans game real quick, but what's up with Belichick or Brady playing slash coaching against teams that have former Patriots on them. The Dolphins having the previous defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, the Titans having previous Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Oh, the goal got revoked. My bad. Another live update. Goal got revoked for Nashville racket 1-0 Bruins. But Mike Rabel being a former Patriots Super Bowl champion is this a thing that we should be concerned about looking forward? Because there are stats that Bill Belichick historically does not coach Super Bowl against player or people other either in his coaching tree or players that he's had before. I mean, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because was Belichick the the head coach for, or was he higher up than the people that like he's coaching against now? I think, well, he was the head coach, whereas like Flores was just a D coordinator or Vrabel was literally just a player. Okay, to my point though, it's when it comes to the coaching battle, like you saw in this in this wild card with the Titans, Mike Vrabel has the uh, what's the, the advantage? So, pardon me, the advantage of knowing how Belichick thinks, whereas Belichick only knows him as a player. And same with uh, Flores. Is that was that the Dolphins coach? Yeah, correct? he only knows him as a coordinator. Flores, exactly. He only knows him as a coordinator. He doesn't know how he thinks as a head coach. So in that respect, I think it's kind of a leg up for these opposing coaches. That being said, if we're, if we're going to say that Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time, and I I definitely still think he is, don't don't point fingers at me there. But you know you do need to be better, even if they do have some sort of it. You need to pull pull some magic out of your hat, pull a rabbit out of the hat, do whatever you have to do to to win the game. Uh, the game in general, I wanna I wanna start by saying Brady looked. Brady looked pretty good. Brady looked really good in this he game. He made some very nice passes. There were a couple of drop passes. A couple were on those receivers. A couple yep. were a little bit out of a little high, a little to the left, whatever it might be. Um, and I think it comes down to this. When you're playing Tom Brady, you are very lucky if he makes one mistake during the game. Brady made that mistake, and unfortunately, it came in the fourth quarter. That was that was that was arguably the only mistake he made all game are you referring to the pick six the pick six yeah yeah i mean that's with what 18 seconds left though it was some some very short amount of time no there was wasn't there like a minute something was there i have no clue i i don't remember when it happened i, I might I, be wrong they, i it was i thought it was very late game though like that i thought they had time to well no you're right because they picked it off and then we had like nine seconds or something on the kick 
So yeah. you're right. It did come fair. I mean, and and you know maybe that's part of it. The you're trying to make a pass that normally you wouldn't you're try to make trying to force down pass, a touchdown yeah. with you know 30 seconds left or whatever it was. Um, but something we say on this this podcast a lot: credit where credit is due. Props to the Titans for for hanging in there and and giving us a game. Uh, I do think now that you bring up the coaching thing, it was a kind of unfortunate draw. And if you want to bring it all the way back to to week seventeen in my in, in new uh, in Gillette, goodness, I can't even talk right now. Against the Dolphins, you win that game. This isn't even an issue. So if you if you really want to do that, but then you get into the you know what could have been, would have could have should have that type of thing, and that's it's that's not a great way to think about in terms of sports. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts because we pretty much didn't talk about the game. <laughs> like it ended, and we were just like, "All right, you want to just do anything else other than this?" Yeah. Um, I don't know. You you brought up some really good points with the whole like Bill, Belichick definitely doesn't have an advantage. Be- these other people. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think it's a very great point. And I'm not even something, a football that, guy. something that I hadn't thought about really. The one thing that really like highlighted that to me was there was a sequence where the Titans were going to punt with about four-ish minutes left, and Mike Vrabel first drew a delay-of-game penalty and then a false start penalty and then finally punted the ball. But if you looked at that sequence, that fourth down took about a minute off the clock, and that is something Belichick did against the Jets previously. And you could see that Vrabel knew all of Belichick's antics with that move. That was something that only Bill Belichick would ever do. And Vrabel used it right against him. Like you said, got to give credit where credit is due. The score, yeah, it's, I, it's one of those things, like, as a fan, I was like, are you serious? Like, this shouldn't be allowed. Da, 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 da. But, like, again, if that was the Patriots, dude, I would have been like, that's just you know the rules. knowing like, how to coach the game. Exactly. Great job. Like, so it's it's one of those things that you hate when it's used against you. But if, like, your team were to do it, you wouldn't really say anything. Because it is kind of a gray area. Like, I know Belichick used it, but, like, should – I'm kind of biased right now, I guess, because it was against the Patriots. But you, you see what I'm saying. The way I see it, though, this game, I don't really view the score as a true reflection of how the game went. I do believe the Titans won 20-13. to 13. Yeah, because they, they scored that pick six and they went for, they went for two, two to make it a nine-point game and it didn't – but it, I mean, didn't get it. Uh, the way I see it, this game was was fourteen to thirteen Titans, and you're talking about the Patriots needed a, literally a field goal early early in the game or more points earlier in the game, and they had that opportunity. They literally had a drive where they were on the one yard line, ran three plays, didn't get in the end zone, had to settle for a field goal. I mean, that's the difference in this game. Yeah, and I don't. Uh... I don't know. I definitely wouldn't make a good NFL coach. I'll tell you that right now. I don't care what the time is in the game. I don't care if it's your first drive or your last drive. I think the playoffs, it's a the person who wins is the person who sk- scores more points. That's pretty obvious. So I think you you got to risk it and go for it there. I, I, I think you, you, you go got to trust in your it. defense and I guess Belichick just just didn't at that point. I mean Derrick Henry Demolished. Oh, Derek Henry threw us like a knife through butter. It was not even funny. No, but anyways, uh, we will bounce it for it. I think if you have any last thoughts on that, feel free to throw them in. But uh, who are the other who are the other two wild card teams in the AFC again? I forget. I was trying to Bills think and Texans. Texans move on in overtime. Yeah, I remember. I know this is easy to say now, but you know, thinking about it and the cold coaching thing, 
we got a a pretty unlucky draw, I guess, with the Titans. Honestly, Bills would have been one a tough of the worst matchup. Matchups we could have had. Bills would have been a tough matchup, but you know, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, so like, it's hard to say looking back now. Uh, I think we we you know zoom out a little bit. Let's go full league. Uh, we are into the conference semifinals now. We have correct me where I am wrong. Bills, nope, Houston. already wrong. <laughs> Houston, Baltimore, Chiefs. Titans. No, for that's, the I AFC. believe that's wrong. Titans should be playing the Baltimore, Ravens yeah, because I, they're the wow. lowest seed. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just going to do this. You want to do, do this part? You want to do this part? All right. So the Houston Texans will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs, the big boy Andy Reeds, whatever you want to call them. The Tennessee Titans will be playing the Baltimore Lamar Jacksons. Not MVPs, uh, but you know those games being in Baltimore and Kansas City, respectively. Bouncing over to the NFC, we have the underdog Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Sea Chickens lost Super Bowl 49. You should have run it, you idiots. At the Green Bay, aren't really 13 and three Packers. Okay, and your next question here in the document is who do you want to make see? Classic, you still well, my question. Literally, you you cannot- don't talk i can't talk right now who do you want to see make a run for or win it all and why uh and i'm just saying dream scenario right here stick with me seattle somehow beats the well no i think they have a very pretty good shot at being the packers yeah i do i agree with that Uh, and this is going to give away some stuff because i'm kind of predicting uh then i think i want them to go on and beat the 49ers yes i think the 49ers are going to beat the vikings even though the vikings are kind of a team i want to see make a run Go to the Super Bowl. They literally re-signed Marshawn Lynch, right? I think I see where this is going. I hope <laughs> Pete Carroll and his stupid gum-chewing personality <laughs> gets in the same scenario and they choose to pass again. Like that they, would they that's blow that's it again. that's dream scenario. Like if that happened. You know, I almost would get over the Patriots losing. My dream scenario is they get in the same situation. He runs it this time like Marshawn Lynch just gets stripped and the ball comes out. And then they run it back to lose the game. (laughs) Pete Carroll literally can't get a playoff in the one. (laughs) Other dream scenario, and now I'm just spitballing here. Chiefs somehow make a run. I don't think they're going to see the... I don't think they'll make it to the Super Bowl either. Chiefs somehow make a run. And you know uh, when the coach wins, they pour the Gatorade on him? Yeah. So, But it's Andy Reid, so when they go to pour the Gatorade on him, he just opens up his gullet and swallows the <laughs> whole thing. All of goes down. All right, enough jokes. I was going to say that they, they go to dump, and it just comes out slowly because it's just barbecue sauce creeping outside. <laughs> Anyways, um, so realistically... That was that was two minutes of utter garbage. I think the AFC just looks so much stronger here. But my if if we're going just dream scenario straight up, I'll take uh Vikings Bills. The Texans and the Vikings, because I think those are just two teams that aren't gonna make it. I'd love to see the Vikings win it all. I think they really they deserve to to win. I just don't know that Kirk Cousins can get them there. But realistically, who do I think is going forward? I think it'll be, I'm hoping the Chiefs. I really don't want to see the Ravens because I don't want to hear about the Ravens. 
I don't want to hear about how Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback ever because he can run the ball. All right, Colin Kaepernick was great because he could run the ball, and you guys all gave up on him because he took a knee, okay? This is going to get oddly political, but okay? So I'm just saying, someone's done it before. Lamar Jackson isn't the first person to do it. But no, I think, I'm hoping it comes down to, like, Chiefs. I wouldn't mind seeing the 49ers because Jimmy G would be cool, but uh, Chiefs uh, and Vikings, I think, would be a, a cool matchup. Realistically, I, I don't want... see the Vikings making their way out of the NFC easily. I think best case scenario for the Vikings, if I do want to make it out, they're going to have to obviously beat the Niners. I think best case scenario, though, for the Vikings is if the Packers win this weekend and then... Oh, absolutely. I think the, absolutely. the Vikings, to of see course, your rivals, that being would be, a divisional that would be an game, game. But, I mean, you put Kirk Cousins against a division rival to for, uh, you know, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. I, I mean, as long as they're not playing on Monday night, man, he's got a shot. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to do it. We're playing in prime time. It's it's like literally everything. Well, Kirk Cousins is good when he's not playing on prime time against a bad team on a turf field that's inside with the wind blowing Dude, every south. every game uh, now is a prime time game. Like, it's yeah. the playoffs. Uh, my, my personal is whoever wins the Vikings 49ers game, I'm okay with either of those teams going to the Super Bowl. AFC, honestly, I hope the Vikings or 49ers win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, you know, Bills maybe just so we see what happens Dog, with Bills the Mafia. Bills aren't the in Bowl. the playoffs anymore. Oh, shoot. They aren't. No, dude. That makes sense. I am this, so bad This at literally isn't a bit. Nicholas is just stupid. No, this says this, yeah, this is bad. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then I literally want no one from the AFC to even see the Super Bowl. And I know that's not possible, so it sucks. I wouldn't mind seeing Kermit the Frog. No, nah, so I want, I want whoever wins the matchup of the Chief Texans game and whoever wins the matchup of the 49ers Vikings game. Yeah, honestly, I don't care if anyone in the NFC wins it because I don't have I don't have to worry about that. Like I don't have to I don't have a vested like hatred in almost any NFC team except for the Giants, but I have no outstanding problems with any of the playoff teams. With the Eagles gone, I mean, I hate the Packers, so I guess the I don't want the Packers to win. Well, I just don't that. like Aaron Rodgers because people group him in with Tom Ooh, Brady, and I don't think anyone should Boston be grouped in with Tom Brady. Another goal. Would you quit watching the game and actually do our podcast? watching the game. At least I know my information. That's true. All right, and what has turned out to be a train wreck of a football segment, I think that pretty much covers it. Just to quickly, do you have any, do you want to, do you got anything to say? You've been back to school for two days now. Has anything interesting happened? No, but really quickly, I did want to close out football with a little bit of a headline that I think just does sum up going back to the Patriots. I think this is a really great headline that kind of sums up where we're at. And it just says, it's from boston.com, of course. But it says, after losses like this, Patriots don't rebuild, they reload. And I just think that's, I don't want to get into what this article says because I don't really care. But I think that's just the way to look at it. I don't want to get too much into it. And we'll have a whole really long offseason to talk about who's going where, who gets re-signed, what's going on. We can address this at a much later time. But yeah, I, like I do agree with that. Boston... May doesn't rebuild they reload and that's that it's a great quote i agree good way to finish off uh as we transition here into kind of the closing segment of the podcast as you can tell maybe or can't tell james and i are briefly had two weeks together over the holidays he is back at school it's kind of weird i'm like recording at our house by myself for the first time ever in a year and a half it's the first time you've ever recorded the podcast by yourself at the house i know it's weird 
so you're James probably confused cool. because it sounds so good. We're used to Nicholas cracking out every five minutes. Yeah. Do you guys like my said... non-overseas mic? I mean, yeah, I have real this is phone. really good. Anyway, uh, no longer together, but let you know, as we alluded to previously, scheduling is not a huge issue. Now we're in the same time zone back on sort of the same schedules. I go back to school in uh, end of this week. Uh, we will continue on hopefully with, with some better consistency, uh, in terms of other stuff, the YouTube stuff has started that we pr- have promised for kind of a while. That has started going on. Uh, YouTube is Brady Bros. Uploaded a couple of vlogs there. Again, those are going to kind of take a hit now that we're apart, but we'll do our best. You want to go through the social media, James? Of course. So follow us on Instagram at Brady Bros Boston. Follow us on Twitter, and I'm going to try to one take this without looking. Follow you. At Brady Bros Nick, follow me at James B underscore Boston. Uh, at least I've been still using Twitter quite a decent amount. I know you usually do. Uh, you're one of the only I'll people that scroll actually through from time to time. likes or uh, I just or interacts like... with any of my tweets at all. So, but it's, that's just like an easy way that if I just have a thought, I can put it out there. I don't have to wait, write it down, wait a week for the podcast, wait to do anything. Like I just throw it out there on Twitter. So if you want to like, that is going to be the most up to date. And also just whenever we upload a podcast, I usually up do a tweet the second we upload the podcast. And then I do one probably like two or three days later, reminding you if you haven't seen it, if it didn't show up in your feed, whatever reminders. And then the same thing for video. So I do the second the video is uploaded. I tweet out, tweet the links, you can find it. Uh, and then a couple days later, quick reminder, if you didn't see it already, boom, there it is. And just super easy way to keep up to date with us and everything that we're doing. That being said, if you did enjoy, please let us know. Leave a rating, leave a comment, leave some sort of feedback. Uh, it could even be as simple as, you know, re- responding to a tweet, responding to the tweet of the show, or even better, you know, rate us on whatever platform you are listening to. We really do appreciate all the support. One more uh, you thing. already said socials. You got one more thing. James has one, I have more, one thing. more thing. So please do, do leave it. a rating, leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening on. It really does help us, you know, get our show out there. But to get our show out there, why not tell a friend? You know what? If we're all span- fans of Boston sports here, tell a friend. We'll get the word out there. Maybe this show will actually be something one day. But James, what if I don't have any friends? I know how that feels. Don't worry. On that disappointing note, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We will be at sh- uh, be back at you. We'll be at words your house are hard tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, what a ride this episode has been. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in the next one. See ya.